Welcome to She's Running, the podcast all about women running for office, from school board to Senate and everything in between. I'm Emily Jackson, and I've got a cold. I'm sorry, it's probably not fun to listen to, but luckily I let today's guest, Christine Gregg, who is running for State House in Michigan, do most of the talking. Christine isn't a political newbie, and I loved hearing what she said about the things that surprised her about being in office. Because nothing is ever exactly like we imagined it to be, right? And it's important to go into a new situation with your eyes open. Hope for the best, but make sure you have a backup plan. So let's get you introduced. Who are you and for what are you running? I'm Christine Gregg, and I'm running for the State House in the, uh, in the state of Michigan, District 37, which is Farmington and Farmington Hills in Oakland County. And where in the state is that located? That's in southeast Michigan, about 30 miles outside of Detroit. Okay, cool. So why did you choose to run for this office rather than uh, really anything else? Well, it's kind of interesting. When I was in high school, I always wanted to do exactly this, to, to be an elected office and to serve people. Uh, kind of went off on uh, a different track uh, in computers and technology for about 25 years, but it was public education. And the more I got involved in public education, I found out it was a state issue. And so that's where I decided I can make the biggest impact was running for the state legislature. What office did you want to hold when you were growing up? Oh, of course, I wanted to be the first female president. (laughs) (laughs) That uh, became uh, much more unrealistic the older I got. Man, yeah, you are not the first person. I I think when I was in kindergarten, my first like dream job was president. Yes. So, yeah, there there were a lot of us who wanted that. Have you always been political? I've always been very interested in what's going on at the national and actually world level. Um, and you know, to be honest, I that's what most of the focus was. But then when I actually started raising my family and uh, being more involved in the community, then I realized just how important local and state politics were too. And this is not the first time you've run for office. No, I'm actually running for my third term as a state representative. Um, My first term was, uh, or first race was in 2014. And what I tell a lot of the candidates now that are newly activated and and running for the first time is, I just got mad four years before you did. uh, (laughs) when I decided to, to throw my hat in the ring. So what's the difference? Okay, I've got a lot of questions between like your first campaign and this one. So what's the difference in running for the first time and running for re-election? Well, the first time it's everything is so new. I mean, one thing that helped me was um, in my professional background, I was a project manager. So I looked at this as one big project where you had to be super organized. You had to have a budget. Um, you had to have uh, you know workers or volunteers. And that I could I could get that how to do a process, but it was so new in the political space. So how you have to make connections with uh, people that have run before or elected officials, and and how you did reach outreach to the community that was all new and and actually quite daunting. And and the fundraising too, because uh, now you're raising money for yourself, and uh, you have to actually ask people you know to to give to you, and that's very different for the first time. And so what about re-election? I mean, you've got some name recognition. Do you, are you still like pounding the pavement every weekend? Is it a little bit different style of campaigning? 
It is. It is different. So the first time we ran, it was a very competitive primary. We've always been um, a lean Democratic, uh, well, not always, but in the last 15, 16 years, we've been a lean Democratic um, district, and most of the focus has been on the primary. So uh, it was, I walked, oh, I think I first started walking in April before the November election or before the July, uh, uh, August primary, sorry. And I was out every single day. Sometimes I get to the point where I was praying for thunderstorms so I could <laughs> so I could rest. Uh, but that was actually the best part of the whole campaign was was hitting doors every day and getting my name out there. I was running against um, the sitting mayor, so he, I was starting um, at a disadvantage in terms of re- name recognition within the community. So that was um, a lot of the door knocking. Now, as I am entering my third term, um, I've got a lot of the name recognition. I, I get to do a lot of communication just by virtue of the office. So I did a lot of knocking with other candidates this time, too, to help them out and to also continue to, to have voter contact. So definitely a different focus, um, but just as exciting talking to voters and seeing the enthusiasm. The first time I ran um, in the primary, there were about 9,000 total votes for all of the candidates. In the primary in August, I, I alone had over 13,000 votes, and I was running unopposed wow. in the primary. So the, to see the enthusiasm out there in 2018 is just amazing. And so you want to make sure that you're out there connecting uh, every day uh, to keep that enthusiasm up and getting everybody to the polls in November. So you can really see a difference between like running this year and running previously. Like there is oh, a palpable yes. difference. Absolutely. I felt in the last, uh, both in 14 and 16, it was mostly the campaigns doing the work. Um, and then it was a real wake up call, particularly in Michigan. I think a, a lot of people were surprised nationally too with what happened in Michigan and having such a close presidential race. And then um, as the spotlight came on on the presidential outcome in 2016, people took a little deeper look and said, oh, we didn't realize that we've been under one party control for so long, I need to get involved. And so we have this one uh, fantastic group in Oakland County, uh, where I live, called Fems for Change. And right after uh, the election, or actually in January 2017, they organized around issues and started postcard campaigns, uh, contacting uh, members of Congress about healthcare. Uh, and that group evolved. They did a spinoff to be a little bit more partisan called Fems for Dems. They actually have a thousand members and they are out. I call it heels on the ground. Uh, they're knocking <laughs> doors. They're um, raising money. They're uh, getting the word out about candidates. They had uh, candidate speed dating nights where we had like 20 to 24 candidates come in and you've got five minutes with each of your candidates uh, in groups of like 15. So it's just, it, the activism has been amazing. It's very different this year than I've ever seen before. Very cool. What was like the biggest surprise once you got into office? Like you thought you knew what was happening. You thought you knew what the job was and then you get there and like, what surprised you? I think the biggest surprise for me was the lack of public debate. Uh, a lot of times things are predetermined in terms of committees and when you get on the floor. Uh, This term, I'm actually serving as the minority floor leader. So uh, one of my responsibilities is to make sure that all all of our members are in session, they're voting, they understand what they're voting are uh, on if they want to give a speech on the House floor and make sure that they're in the queue. But that's the thing. We have to tell ahead of time who's going to speak, what they're going to speak on. Uh, Sometimes we're asked to limit who speaks 
And then committee is the same way. And I feel like that element of public debate has really uh, been diminished in the state legislature in Michigan anyway. And that was actually very shocking to me. Um, I get I got a little bit of a taste of that when I went to visit uh, Lansing before I decided to run and I sat in on a education committee meeting and I thought, wow, they was very structured to only present one side. And oh, coincidentally, we just ran out of time when everyone that was opposing the bill was ready to speak. Um, and so that was very disappointing when I got to Lansing. And that's something that we have to continue to focus on and change to make sure that people are staying connected to government and they realize all the decisions that are being made on their behalf. And that was one of the reasons I ran is I just I just didn't feel people understood what was going on in state government. So it's been my mission to uh, communicate as much as possible on all the bills that we're talking about in committees and on the floor and how they affect my constituents life every day. Is state representative a full time job? It is in Michigan. Um, it's a full-time job. We represent about 90,000 residents and we have 110 districts in the state. Oh, wow. Would you ever run for something else? I always keep my options open. I'm, I'm one of those people <laughs> that just loves to see different opportunities. Um, in this election in November 2018, actually every single seat is up. So our state Senate, 38 seats there, uh, the House, uh, 110, and all our statewide are up as well and, and Supreme Court. Uh, so in terms of like make, looking at the state Senate next time, I'm really kind of off cycle for that. That's a four year, um, four year cycle and you can be there for two terms. So um, we'll see, you know, there's county seats, there's statewide seats. I, I never live by myself. <laughs> so you said that you just got angry four years before everybody else. But what like pushed you to say, OK, this is my time. This is I'm running now. It, well, the issue was that first and foremost, it was public education. So I have three children, three boys, and my two older ones had a very different um, educational experience than my younger one. And I knew, I knew my kids were going to be okay. Uh, my husband and I are very involved. Uh, I had decided to stay at home uh, about two years before that. And so I could dedicate a lot of time to helping the school. And then I saw all these other children whose parents um, were working multiple jobs or their single uh, parent homes. And I was just really worried about all these resources not going to all the kids. And so I got very involved in PTA. And one of the things that always spoke to me with, with that was the motto, which was uh, every, ch uh, every child, one voice. And so I just felt like that was the issue that spoke to me. And the more I researched what was going on in our schools, I realized it was that state issue. And the timing was right where um, I was able to spend the time full-time campaigning and full-time as that is my job, that it was absolutely the right time to do it in 2014. What's your background? Well, my background is, um, <laughs> it's funny, I, I went into college, so this is back in the 80s, uh, and I was going to uh, go into political science and maybe go to law school. And I took my first political science class and I hated it. It's like, oh. <laughs> so I said, you know what? I really like history. So I ended up having an American studies major. And then uh, I added a computer applications second major on top of that. And so that's actually where I took off in my career. So I spent over 20 years in uh, computer consulting and I helped uh, different businesses and government entities in payroll and human resource systems, I got to see the best of companies and ones that were struggling with how to manage their workforce and attract and retain talent 
and pay their people well or not well. Um, so it really gave me a great um, exposure to, to, to jobs, right, to work. Uh, and then after I traveled the country, I was based in Chicago at that point. I moved to Michigan when I got married 28 years ago. I worked for Kmart, and uh, then my husband and I, with another married couple, started our own consulting uh, company, did that for about a dozen years, and that's when I stepped back and decided to uh, work in the community as a, as a nonprofit manager and an advocate for public education. Very cool. One of the other things that has really shaped the way I look at service um, is I'm one of 12 kids, and <laughs> I grew up in rural Indiana. I'm the sixth of 12. So my dad called me the midway point or the halfway mark. So uh, whenever I got finished at some some you know important event, he's like, oh, I'm halfway through. So I was the halfway mark. Uh, but I have seven brothers, and it was always my mom that was behind me saying, you could do anything that your brothers can do. And so, of course, that was like a battle cry to me. And so that's where I got super involved, and I always wanted to, to prove that to my mom. <laughs> and I think that shaped a, a lot of what I've done in my life. It's also being that middle child, too, uh, with, uh, with so many uh, siblings that you want things to be fair for everybody. Uh, and it's it's amazing when I think back of the way I think about a lot of policies and making sure everybody has a fair shot. Everyone has that opportunity to earn their good life, afford college, get the, get the job that they want or have the training to go straight into a job after high school. Um, that's really been the focus of, of why I think the way I do on a lot of the policy issues. What's the thing you're proudest of that you're that you've been able to do as state representative? I th- again, it's it's connecting people to government. So it's having town hall meetings. Um, it's it's my you know uh, e news blast to keep them updated. It's social media. It's and when I feel that it's really working is when people show up at my town halls. They're engaged. They have questions. We have civil civil debate on issues. I welcome people that view things differently than I do. I bring in speakers to talk about the issues as well. And I just feel the level of engagement has really risen. What are some of the biggest issues that your constituents are concerned about right now? You know, it's it's public education, mental health, and our infrastructure. And when we talk about infrastructure, you know, we have really bad roads, but we are the Great Lakes state. We have so many challenges with with our water infrastructure. Everyone's heard about um, the the disaster, the crisis in Flint, Michigan. We also have another looming disaster called PFAS. That's the chemical that was in um, Scotchgard. So if you ever had hush puppy shoes or other kinds of um, fire retardant uh, chemicals, it was this chemical called PFAS. And now it is in our groundwater as well. And we have like 60 sites across the state where we've got some contamination. So uh, people are very concerned about that. We The same uh, week in Lansing, actually, is when the, these two issues converged, but the governor uh, decided to close down the water pods in Flint. It was the same week that the, D- the Department of Environmental Quality approved a permit for um, Nestle to take an additional 400 gallons of water uh, out of out of our uh, out of our reserves. So there's just a lot of concern that we're not ma- managing one of our greatest resources in Michigan, and that's the water. People have to be able to trust that the water that they drink, and that they cook with, and that they bathe in is clean. Um, and that's it, they are very concerned about not only my district but across the state. Mm-hmm. So what gives you energy? You're 
clearly passionate and busy and committed to your community. I know you got to get beat down sometimes. So like what keeps you going? Yeah, it's funny. I And when I go to some of our organization meetings, like, oh, you always have a smile on your face. And it's like, you know, but that's, we're all put here to do something. And I just feel like bringing people together to understand challenges and work together to, to solve them or to, you know, collectively uh, work together to make a difference. That's what gives me energy and gives me passion and learning everybody's stories and being able to, to say, I, I understand. And I love to listen to people um, and, and get a real understanding because we all come from different experiences. We all have different challenges and you can never assume anything about anyone. Right. Mm-hmm. And I just that connection with people is what keeps me going and keeps me energetic on, on serving them. All right. I got one last question for you. So what's a piece of advice that you have for women who might be thinking about running for office? I think one thing that's very helpful is to reach out to other people that have run, in particular other women. Um, we've seen a lot of groups organize in the last couple of years to to give you campaign training, to let you know what's, what's coming, uh, to give you tips on fundraising, on networking, on on uh, using technology. It's really helpful to know what the process is going to be and then to realize you're not alone. Um, one of the things I started a couple years ago was a leadership fund just for women running for office. And so we get together at events. Uh, we did a Why I Lead series of videos. Uh, and so we're sharing each other's stories. And that network and that sisterhood is very powerful. And it really gives you that sense of I'm not in this alone. Uh, and really helps you as you (laughs) take on this incredible responsibility to to run for office and serve others. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for chatting with me today. Well, thank you. And thanks. uh, Thanks for collecting all these stories. It's just, uh, it's really inspiring. And that's it for today. I want to give a big thanks to Christine Gregg for chatting with me. You can find out more about her and her campaign at electchrisgregg.com. That's E-L-E-C-T-C-H-R-I-S-G-R-E-I-G.com or at housedims.com slash G-R-E-I-G. And over on Twitter, she's at at ChrisGreggMI37. You can find and follow She's Running on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at at She's Running Pod. If you like what I'm doing here, please tell a friend about the show. And that's all I've got for today. Thanks. Talk to you soon.